1: Just thinking about this match, and I'm <laughs> standing and pacing it like my that He's just Makazi now. He's not a okay, kid. So, Mikazi. so Maka- he's not a kid anymore. He's a boy. He's a, 10 bull, he's a man. man. He's a man. Man, Maka- Maka- oh! He got PWS superstar playing <laughs> and <laughs> he was gone in two nights.
0: in go
1: in go in go a man of
0: You're missing a B there, but that's...
1: There's a B? This is what i The letters don't go together. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, oh are you having a blank, all you? And it's like, No! You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out. Don't listen to some boring podcast where where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Krage. Yeah. I love you. Who delivers love you. this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. Oh in, in the big spot. Who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree.
0: Alright, welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Podcast. I am Rich Crage <laughs> alongside. As always, the King of Banter himself, Mr. Joe Lanza Joe, how are you doing?
1: I'm great, Rich. How are you? You can tell we're you can tell we're not
0: like we don't have a ton of topics, because now I asked again how you were doing, so Like, prior, remember those past few weeks, I was like, don't care, Joe, we gotta get going, but um, I guess we have a lot to do, but maybe this time I'm actually generally curious how you're doing.
1: I'm great, Rich. How are you?
0: You're taking in some arch madness, I hear.
1: I am taking in some arch madness, and (laughs) and you should be. These are local teams. This is... uh...
0: (laughs) My Loyola Ramblers.
1: <laughs> Your Loyola Chicago Ramblers. Uh, about to be. I still
0: remember. I still remember that 1952 championship. Man, Ugh, it's the best. Was that the year? Good- I don't remember. It's 52. <laughs> Let's find out what year. Good about.
1: times. Was that an NCAA championship or an NIT?
0: Championship? Uh, ooh, I don't know. At that point, that's when, when the NIT. Were,
1: uh, ma- you know, they were. That was the thing. Yeah, they were both good tournaments. So that's no slight.
0: Yeah, the NCAA really rose to power in the late 50s because of the, um, the cheating scandal. The big. Uh, uh, all the all the New York teams gotten into some big, you know, point shaving scandal. Nineteen sixty three, I forgot. Wow, nineteen sixty three, NCAA champion, Loyal Ramblers. There Sixty-three, that's pretty Yeah, that's not bad. That's
1: fairly recent for a small for like that to have, <laughs> to have to have to have accomplished that. But uh about, about to get knocked off in this first round of, of the Arch Madness to to a five win Bradley team. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and yeah, I've been watching this game intently as I wrap up New Japan Cup. And uh, I had this on as my as my background noise. you know, I love the college hoops, rich.
0: you do, Yeah, this is your time and, and if'm
1: if I'm watching Bradley versus Loyola Chicago, I must love the <laughs> college hoops.
0: And you don't gamble anymore right on, on the hoops?
1: I don't gamble very often period anymore. I'm just listen, I'm a big fan, rich.
0: Is that way did you become a fan of like the mid-level college basketball from gambling, or were you actually always just sort of like? I just because you'll watch anything. Like you, you will watch like San Diego State versus like I who? Watch it, Bradley like,
1: versus Loyola. I just, yeah, I mean, yes, you're scraping them out of the barrel there. But encapsulates it. the winner takes on number one seed Wichita State and will be promptly you know.
0: Oh, just decimated. Yeah, they're yeah. Are they, they're still awesome, right? I, I don't follow college hoops yeah, at all. And Van
1: Fleet is still there, and and you know they they still have a good team. They're they're they're, they're a tournament team no matter what happens. Shockers,
0: right? Are the mm-hmm. the shockers, right? Yeah. A good, fun, fun little team. But uh, do you watch like? You, will you watch like D two and D three no, and no, all that no, stuff? D one, D one. So it's got to be D one. Okay, if you have one hundred nineteen. D1, so
1: look, if it's D one, I watch it though. You know what I'm really into. Okay. I what I can't wait for is uh, the Big West tournament to start.
0: I mean, <laughs> Chicago State and like.
1: No, no, no. no. Oh, not that, that's, that one. What's... That's the whack. That's the whack. That's a ter- that's a terrible conference. The whack is very whack rich. Nobody likes the whack.
0: That's like New Jersey, like no, you, what, technology, and then like Chicago and, State. And, and JIT
1: is like, no longer in the whack, but
0: oh no, New Mexico. What happened? New
1: Mexico State's been dominating the WAC with the Bular brothers. Okay, and and Tanvir Bular is still there. Okay, Sim Bular, that sack of shit. I think he's on the Raptors now, and
0: he, on their D league, on their D league,
1: right? And 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 <laughs> Tan awful. Tanvir is still on the. They've been wiping. The How floor- is Tanvir still there? He's still there. He's there. He's he's playing this. He's not playing a lot of minutes, but he's there. But here's the thing, and, and for people who don't know, they're like seven foot six giants, and they both weigh like four hundred pounds. These, these they're Indian, are,
0: correct? They're,
1: they're Indians. They're from Toronto. They're not from India, but they're of Indian descent, and they're from yeah, Toronto.
0: Indian descent. There you go.
1: So they, you know, New Mexico politically
0: correct of you, thank you.
1: That's right. I appreciate it. Yeah, listen, Rich, I I know what I'm talking about. So anyway, they. They've been dominating that conference, and I hate that coach because he, he knows he's in a weak conference, and he plays a terrible out-of-conference schedule. They go like twenty-five and four every year, and then they promptly, <laughs> and then they get killed in the first round of the NCAA tournament. So I hate them. Well, this year, Rich, they finally got some competition. Uh, uh, Grand Canyon. You may not even know. <laughs> now, listen, now Isn't
0: look, that an online, it's an online university, right?
1: I, I don't know what it is, but they they just moved up to Division One like two years ago. They're actually in first place in the WAC this year. You know who their coach is, Rich? Don't look it up.
0: Oh, man. Uh, you're going to like
1: this. And well, be, I know, I'll know him? You will know him, and you'll be behind this team now to take down evil New Mexico State. Who? Oh, boy. Uh, um, can you give me some hints? My or... favorite NBA player of all time.
0: Oh, shit. Thunder Dan?
1: Thunder Dan is the head coach of, of Oh,
0: i all good. Oh, hell yeah. Hey, I had no idea. Really?
1: And they're, wow. they're, they're not only, uh, you know, neck and neck with New Mexico State in the whack, but they've got a pretty decent RBI to do. and Marley's doing a nice job. They've only had a team for like four years. So,
0: now, what are they paying that guy to get off the couch to do that? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like,
1: he, he, was there, he was their first coach when they were uh, still, you know, because they came in like Division Three or whatever. And then right, the right, right. plan all along was to move up to D1 at some point, and, and now they are, and he's having a tremendous year. They actually had a higher RPI than Georgetown at one point, which I found funny, because Georgetown's having a terrible year, but it's pretty embarrassing for Georgetown anyway. Uh, so yeah, the Antelopes, man, the, the Grand Canyon Lopes, watch out.
0: I'm, in. I'm all in.
1: Dan Marley, you got to be rooting for them in their tournament, because look, they're not getting in, it's a one-bid league, obviously. So, and the only team standing in their way is New Mexico State. But the Big West rich has some uh,
0: Utah conference. Valley. What about Utah? It's the worst conference, man. It's a Maybe, terrible it, conference. Wasn't it like it wasn't less than like 10 years ago where the WAC was like a pretty good conference, right?
1: Yeah, but now like, everyone's, I, I don't, everyone's gone. They're all, all Right, exactly. History. Like
0: Like who was there? Like I'm trying to remember because I know like Boise was there, right? They were one of the Boise State was one of the big things and then they had a bunch of other the, um,
1: the WAC was actually a really fun football conference years ago. When,
0: well, because yeah, like Hawaii was in there BYU, too, right?
1: BYU and all those. Yeah, yeah, okay. So
0: know, all high scoring games. And, yeah.
1: You know, but but the WAC completely turned over their team. You know, a lot of those teams left for the Mountain West, <laughs> and then the WAC just replaced them all with read off some of these schools. A lot of people yeah. So this is the
0: Western Athletic stuff. Conference, by the way. Uh, California State, Bakersville, Chicago State, of course. Nothing's more west than Chicago, uh, Grand Valley or Grand Canyon University, the aforementioned. Uh, University of Mi- uh, Missouri, Kansas City, <laughs> again, very west. Uh, New Mexico State, uh, Seattle University, uh, University of Texas Rio Grande Valley, sorry, and then Utah Valley, lovely Utah Valley. So you can and they have s- an endowment of forty-eight million dollars, Utah Valley. Jesus, you can see that's really low. <laughs> like that's bad like how are you man all right
1: you can see why new mexico state was dominating this league and being bullies and playing a week out of conference schedule That's why i hate the coach can't stand him can't remember his last name i think it's uh moon v's or something like that but he's he's he, i can't stand the guy so i'm glad dan marley giving him a push this yeah this big west let me tell you what's going on in the big west though rich i'm real excited about the big west tournament you got hawaii who right now is about 24 and 3 they're having a great year but here's the thing about Hawaii they go on probation next year so it's this year or nothing for Hawaii. Oh just a, what'd they do? It's a good story. The previous coach was an absolute disaster. Just <laughs> doing all kinds of shady, shady, shady business. So they're having a big year, but this is their only chance. Okay? But here's the thing, they're being challenged by Cal State Irvine. Now you might not you might be saying, So what? You might remember last year they've got that seven foot seven African center and they Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they almost beat Louisville in the first round of the tournament last year. So those two teams have been going – Has he gotten now.
0: better? Because he was all like skin and bones last oh, year. Like no, he this, was just kind this, of this all over the place. So. Okay. His
1: defensive force, okay. I think he's going to the NBA. I don't know if he's going to be any good in the NBA, but I think he's going to the NBA. Um, it would have been better off for him if it was 20 years ago, but he's going to the NBA. And, and he's, come, he's got another year of eligibility too, this kid at Cal Sierra. So you got that team with the big African. you got Long Beach State who's always dangerous. That's gonna be a fun tournament too. That one starts uh on Monday. So can't wait for the big West. I'm all into the college basketball, Rich. And, and, and Is
0: Is Michael Lakandy coaching at Pacific now? Because that will be my second favorite team uh in the NCAA tournament. I, but. I
1: don't know who the Pacific head coach is. <laughs> uh but but uh that
0: Hopefully it's the candyman for, for lucky. I,
1: I highly doubt it. Oh, okay. No, the candyman, Brad Armstrong?
0: No, no, the other <laughs> Not that candyman, the like, oh, oh, Pacific's not in the Big West anymore. I apologize. They used to be.
1: They're in the uh they're in Gonzaga's league, right? Uh what's the name of that league? Can't, West Coast Conference, right?
0: Oh okay. Gonzaga, I have no
1: idea. BYU, St. Mary's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My college basketball fandom stopped in like two thousand five, and that's basically about all I know. I'll, I'll ch- I, I pick it up at the tournament. I'll watch some stuff, but yeah, I don't really I don't really get too much into it. But we got plenty of stuff to get to in the wrestling world. Are you are you done? I don't want to get away from your college basketball unless you're done.
1: Well, Rich, you asked me to stall for 15 minutes because we don't have a lot to talk about, so I think we... I don't know if I asked you for that. (laughs) I think we accomplished accomplished that.
0: Or had a few minutes of playful banter, but we went on and had a a very good conversation about Thunder Dan Marley, so uh, I'm happy about that. But uh, the news of today, I think you and I uh, both, I mean, I watched a little bit earlier and reviewed it for the website. Uh, You just finished this before we recorded, but, uh, and you mentioned you were watching, you know, some loyal ramblers while you were finishing up, but the New Japan Cup, uh, day one, kicked off uh, today. Overall, I thought it was a fantastic show. I thought it was really really good. I put in my um in my review uh that it 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 sort of the New Japan Cup doesn't get a lot of respect and sometimes you do get, you know, these shows that are just kind of okay and they're they're this this one was this could have been a G1 show and I wouldn't have known the difference.
1: Yeah, this was a this was a G1 quality show. This was a this was an excellent show. This was this is a you can't skip this show. Not only that, you can't skip anything that was on the show.
0: No, I think it was very newsworthy. Um I... think the, it might be best to talk, it sort of go chronologically through this, because I think it's still fresh in, in, in people's minds, but uh, the beginning of the show, I think, was probably the most newsworthy of course, um, where Kadani, who had mentioned a few days ago, this is Bushiroad president, Kadani had mentioned a few days ago that he had some three announcements, and everybody was speculating, you know, what are these three announcements, what's he going to say, what's he going to do, or whatever, uh, we come to find out uh, the first two announcements were contracts. Uh, Michael Elgin receives a two-year contract to stick with New Japan, which is, is great for him, he essentially takes over the Carl Anderson role as like the, the gaijin ace, sort of guy and and that's good that's perfect for him and and we found out later in the night that this guy is just he fits new japan like a glove and we knew that he was going to fit well and it's just amazing i wrote in the the review as well just the transfer transformation that he made like think of think of michael elgin last year in june to where he is today it's just insane how how well this guy has just turned his whole career turned his psyche turned his fan base like everybody everything is so different from june till you know now march for this guy's career. And it, it's now, he, you know, he said in the, in the promo that he cut too. he's, he's reached one of his dreams and that was to be in new Japan. So that's, that's awesome. Glad for him. He looks so happy too.
1: Well, the thing, the thing about that, that move is look, he had feelers from WWE. He could have tried out for WWE. I don't know if he ever made it to a trial, but he had opportunities to try out. He had invitations to try out. Yeah. But I think that at this point in his life, new Japan, two year deal works for him. He's got a new baby at home. Um, you know, so he can be home a lot in between the tours, as opposed to where if you go to WWE, if you get called up, you know, then you're on the road all the time and you're home what, like you know, a day or two, a week or whatever it is. Right. So maybe you know he's just enjoying his life right now, and and he's obviously a guy who's always wanted to work New Japan. That's that's not him. You know, that's not a work. He's being he's shooting when he says that. When he says that he's always wanted. Yeah. He he's oh, look, look at the last couple of years. Everyone, everyone was making fun of him. Because it was, you know, it was so obvious he wanted to work in New Japan. They wouldn't book him. Uh, he's always wanted to work there, so I think this is a good move for him with the two-year deal for New Japan. I think uh, this this is what he wants right now in life, anyway. So this is good all around. It's good for both sides.
0: Absolutely. Uh, the second announcement was Katsuyori Shibata. Uh, is once again a contracted employee of New Japan, and he signed a one year deal. So good for him. And now we sort of, there was, and, and I think you and I even mentioned this a few weeks ago, that there was something we, we saw from the booking that they were finally putting confidence in this guy. They obviously gave him the never open way title. We knew that it was only a matter of time before he was going to put pen to paper and, and become a contracted employee because he was, you know, quote, freelance, even though he was only working New Japan forever. But they let bygones be bygones, the past, the past, whatever. Now he's signed, he's back in the fold. So great news for him, and, and great news for us too, because we're going to now finally see see them go all out with him and really do because they, they, they know not there there's a sense of of to get the contract he's ready to go he's not going anywhere he's not bouncing that we know of so it, it, it's gonna know and it's it's gonna be good for us because i think he's he's a fantastic uh worker and it's just i think now it opens up a bunch for him that he can do
1: and here's the thing about that it's it's like you said the booking has been telling we kind of knew something was cooking because they finally put a title on him a singles title and 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 he's being booked strong And the thing is, you know, just a good example to look at is, look, these companies, a good example, look at Nakajima. You know, Noah wouldn't go all the way with him or do anything with him until he put his name to paper, too. That matters. Even though Shibata wasn't working anywhere else, if you don't have that name on the paper, if you're not an official member of the roster, these companies are hesitant to go all the way with you. And understandably so. So, yeah, that's a big one, too. The other big thing about this is you can see the ripple effects of WWE, basically, they'll raid anyone. Anyone who's decent on the planet is in danger of being signed by this company. So you can see those ripple effects being felt. When has New Japan ever made this big a deal out of signing guys to contracts? It was always very quietly done every January, the one-year recurring deals, but they're going out there front and center announcing these deals before shooting
0: Well, and literally having the guy signing. Like that, That's the thing, too. It wasn't just like... Like you know, they put up his picture on the thing and said, "Hey, we signed him to do a deal." Like they had the guys come out, <laughs> they had the contract on a piece of paper, and they, you know what I mean? Like it wrote it right there and signed it, and did it a very, very sort of. Uh, there was a ceremony to it, where yeah, that we never knew that before. It was just you know they auto renewed everybody's contract. at The end. Okay, whatever. They were making it very known. Hey, this guy is now ours. So just just so you know, right? Here's the contract, and he's signing it. Okay, they, don't touch it. Like
1: they obviously took the two major hits with Styles and Nakamura that woke them up. You know But when you really look at it they 've won a lot of the smaller battles though, because the guys like like Fale and Tonga and Rocky Romero they all had w w e deals either on the table or 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 they had at least uh you know touched base with w w e those guys decided to stay Elgin had various opportunities on the table including trying out for WWE and he decided to sign with New Japan. Uh, they finally got Shibata under a deal. So it, it's it's just very telling that they they like you know they're just making sure everyone knows that they've won a few and that they've 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 gotten some of these guys under deals. Mhm.
0: Yeah, it's it's a lot of the optics of, hey, th- we're not getting rated. There's a lot of these guys are still signing up. A lot of these guys are sticking with us. So, yeah, it, it's very much an optics thing, and that's why this was such a big announcement before the show. Uh, and then the last announcement, one that I know you're pumped about, I'm pumped about, and everybody was going nuts about, the Super J Cup is coming back.
1: Yeah, I mean, how can you not be excited about it, especially when they flashed up on the screen that collection of promotions that are going to be involved? Um, look, you would expect Ring of Honor. You would expect CMLL. And those are great promotions. I think what no one expected to see was Dragon Gate. No. <laughs> and that's a huge one. You know, Dragon Gate kind of minds their own business. They stay in their own lane. They'll bring in a freelancer every now and then. Years ago, they would work with, with Noah. They would work with uh, Ring of Honor. They even worked with New Japan a little bit. And that didn't end so, so amicably. But now, you know, this, this is really, that was the big surprise on the board. Uh, zero one was kind of a surprise. Two hundred one. I got to be honest, I wasn't expecting to see zero one up on that screen.
0: No, yeah, there's a lot of background there that uh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't expect zero one either, but but,
1: but you know, I you know
0: Noah Rank, Re- uh, Rik- J- Dragon Pro Wrestling. What about that? Did that shock you to the core? Well, that
1: didn't that didn't surprise me because they've they've booked some of those. No, they booked a couple of those guys last year, and. I don't think they worked with them at all last year, but, uh, I'm sorry. In 2014, they booked a couple of those guys once or twice. Last That was that
0: weird, uh, that Taiwan show, right?
1: It was a, I think it was a, um, a charity show in, no, not in Taiwan. It was a charity show in some village somewhere and, and they worked with those oh, guys. Oh, that's
0: that one. Okay. 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 I remember uh, that one. There, there was a weird Taiwan show too. I forgot who they brought in for that one, but I, I know the one you're talking about now. Yeah.
1: They ran Taiwan, but that was just, those were just straight new Japan shows, um, but yeah, so that that's the group that I'm talking about, though. So there's there are already ties there, and and it, look, the thing about that is they'll they'll be a, a guy or two from that promotion that'll come in and they'll and be in this tournament, and they'll they'll come in as unknowns. But you'll get you'll it'll be someone fresh, and it'll be someone undiscovered for the most part, and that's what's cool about this. And I think what people have to have to kind of look. I don't know what this is going to be. They might go all out and load this thing up with stars for all I know, but you know. Super J Cups in the past have always been about exposing younger talent to the Correct. to the masses, uh, more so than – look, there were stars too. You have to draw a crowd. But it, 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 the emphasis was always on – look, you had uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. and Psychosis that one year. They weren't in the tournament – but they had their traveling match on a Super J Cup, which sort of exposed them to Japan and exposed them to more eyes. I think that was either in 94, or 95, probably 95, or it might have been 96, either 95 or 96.
0: Uh, 95. It was, was 95,
1: yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's, it's always been especially, you know, look, I think Masaki Mochizuki was in a Super J Cup. It was uh, ninety five,
0: same one. Yeah, yeah ninety five. So one. just to give some examples, um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yo, other example. guys. Yeah, no, yeah, a bunch of other guys too. Two thousand. Because uh, I had that, uh, you know, DVD comp that I got from uh, Rudo Reels, uh, RudoReels and it's uh, it's a Super J comp comp, and it's awesome. I've, I've watched it a bunch of times. Uh, just going through because it, it is—it's a lot of guys that you see. Like the 2001 is one that I remember. You have Shima there, and he's like super—he's like 140 pounds. He's just this little child, you know what I mean? And like you—you you forget that Shima was a child at some point. But uh, you got him. I think Kasayashi is on that one. I think he's pretty young then. Um a bunch of oh Shinya Makabe, of, of course. I forgot. Like I, I, I swear, I watched three matches of that guy, and I'm like, that guy looks really familiar. I don't know who that is, and I was like, Makabe. Oh, that's Togi. Like, because he's got like he does. I mean, he's skinny. He's a little ch. He's like 18 years old. He's got black hair. You know, I mean, every every Togi Makabe I've seen has been chained, big, beefy, screamer, and this is like junior Makabe, and it's just like it, it's insane. But yeah, that's 2000. Uh, I know 2004. You had
1: let's let's do th- let's do this. Um, yeah. Let's go through them all. I mean, quickly. Okay, all right. You look. Yeah, we can do. You it. look at '94, and yeah, you had Jushin Liger, El Samurai. Those were the big stars at the time, but you know, look how they who they filled it out with. You know, a young right. Takamishinoku. And remember, this is, this, is two, this is 1994. So, you know, these guys are veterans now, but these were you had Taka Michinoku, you had, you had um, uh, Eddie Guerrero's Black Tiger, you had D Malenko. And this was the first exposure for a lot of these guys on a worldwide basis that really put a lot of attention on them. Um, Negro Casas, Ricky Fuji, Hayabusa, who faced uh, Liger in the first round. So, and then you move on to the next year. Ninety-five. This is the one that a lot of people remember. Gato made the finals this year. I don't know if you remember. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ninety-five. Gato made the finals, which is, which was kind of surprising to a lot of people. But that's where you had Chris Jericho and uh, the uh, uh, Damian six six six. Yeah. And, and Ultimo Dragon was in that one and advanced pretty far. Um, Naniwa
0: as well. Grand Naniwa was in there as well. Grand
1: Naniwa, that's the Masaki Mochizuki yeah. year uh, when he was a young wrestler. Then they skipped a few years and you were just talking about 2000 with Shima and Ricky Marvin and uh, Curryman. And uh, who else was in that? Uh, I think Suwa. Suwa was
0: in yeah, there. Yeah, Hayashi was in there. Suwa was in there as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, and then you had your veterans, too. You had Grand Hamada. Jushin Liger, obviously, is always a staple. Uh, um, I, by that point in time, Thunder Mask, uh, the, the current Tiger Ricky Marvin. was probably around. Ricky Marvin was in there, too. Yeah, Ricky Marvin. Yeah, uh, he so. still,
0: yeah, He was still a baby, too.
1: Yeah, so and like you said, Togi Makabe is a junior. You
0: know? <laughs> it's 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 shocking to see Togi Makabe as a, a junior in 2000. It's just it's unbelievable.
1: And then they did a much smaller tournament in 2004 because that was the Osaka Pro year. Yeah, and the the veteran star in that one was Marufuji, and then it was a bunch of younger wrestlers. Well, Wataru Inoue was there too. I guess he was a veteran at that point in time, but you know, there's a lot of younger wrestlers in that one. And then 2009, I think that was another New Japan year. And that one. Yeah,
0: but you have Devitt, uh, 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 Kodobushi, who it's still at that point was still kind of growing Yamato uh, from Dragon Gate, uh, to Gucci. So there, there's a bunch of fun ones. Taiichi was still very young at that point. So yeah, it's like we're not talking about like heavy hitters, and I think that's the point you're trying to make is that people are like, oh, what about like this guy and this guy, and why isn't that guy going to be in it, and like this promotion's not representing it. And it's like, okay, you're like yeah, it, it, but it's not supposed to be a. Don't think of it necessarily as a best of the super juniors or whatever. Think of it more as a – it's a showcase. It's just kind of a fun little showcase. So there might be people, like you said, that you don't know, that you've never heard of, that you're like, oh, my God, X is way better than this guy. Why is he not in it? And it's not really – you look at the history of it, and there's – there's that's the fun part of it is discovering these new guys. These guys come out. The first round, you have no idea who they are, and then you learn who they are throughout the tournament. Well, that's and, the and a
1: lot of the guys we just named fit that description at the time. They, they, were, they all became stars.
0: Right. Yeah. You, right now you're rolling your eyes. Oh, my God. Well, But yeah, Prince Devin in 1999 or 2009 or whatever, and Kodobushi in 2009, was, they were still, you know, <laughs> they were still babies. I mean, Obushi had wrestled, obviously, for quite a few years, but had really started to gain steam around this time. Uh, you know, there's plenty of names that you can go through the list. Dino, Denshiko Dino was in that one.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, now, now look, I don't know if they're going to use this as. Here's the other thing, too. Politically, a lot of these promotions, you know, they they're going to send their their babies or their lower tier guys or their rookies because they're going to lose. So you don't necessarily want to send your stars to something like this. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of politics in play too. But again, this is, this is, you know, we don't know how this is going to be handled. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. It might be an all-star lineup. They might change course. I mean, this is not something that's done yearly. As you, they take big gaps in this different promotions. Yeah, 2009 hosted. was
0: the last one, of course, uh, that we just mentioned. So yeah, and
1: different promotions have hosted it at different times, obviously. So maybe it will be a, a total all-star lineup. I don't know. I'm just saying historically, it's been you know peppered with some stars to put to put fans in the seats, and then there's been. Uh, younger wrestler, but the lineups are always tremendous. I mean, I think with the exception of probably 2004, the Osaka pro year, which was a pretty weak lineup, the other years, the lineups always turn out to be tremendous. So it should be a lot of fun. It'll be fun to speculate, you know, who's going to send who, what promotions are going to send which wrestlers uh, to this thing. So, you know, it has the potential. Look, either way. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and this is now. Look, anyone who wants to push the cruiser weights between this and the and the NXT thing, <laughs> it's this the th- gold th- This is your year, okay? They're going to be pushing the cruiser weights on uh, both ends of the planet here this summer.
0: Absolutely. And of course, uh, you mentioned the summer. It's going to happen uh, August 21st. So that'll be when the G1 wraps up. So the, all the heavyweights need a little, their little break time. So this will be uh, their chance, uh, the juniors, to get in there and, and do some work. So it'll be really cool. Yeah. So August is going to be busy, <laughs> real, real busy. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, now we'll go to the New Japan Cup because that was the end of the three announcements. Uh, one other thing actually here uh, real quick, I'll do another announcement that we'll 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 jump into the card, but um, during the card, this, you know, we, we, Okada won the tag match, earlier. we'll talk about that here in a little bit, pointed to the screen, and it was Will Ospreay. Uh, people know him, European wrestling fans will know him, and people from PWG fans and all those people that are sort of hardcore fans know who Will Ospreay is. If you don't, I put a, a, a music video in the review that I wrote, if you want to see sort of what he's capable of and what he does. He's a fantastic worker. He's awesome. Go seek out his stuff. I even said, "Hey, go to our match of the year because there's plenty of. I mean, he's in there a bunch of times in our match of the year. Shows up, a, you know, in numerous promotions as well. Just had a fantastic year. So he uh, announced that he is a new member of Chaos and immediately says, "I'm going to challenge Kushida for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship." So that is really awesome too. New member of the roster, Will Osprey. That yeah, I mean, that's that's a heavy hitter right there. That's people are going to be shocked by how good he is. I think if people haven't really um, haven't really dove into him yet or haven't really seen a lot of him yet, he's he he just grabs attention one way or another. You know what I mean? Like you just, you can't take your eyes off him when he's in the ring. If you
1: haven't seen him yet, I don't know what you're doing. You're lost. I mean, you know, I I mean, (laughs) it's, it's, it's too late in the game to say, I don't know anything about Willow Spray. Go, go do yeah. your homework and go watch some Willow Spray. There's no ex- excuse for that at this point. Uh, whether it's uh, you know Rev Pro or or, or or PWG or whatever, go find. Yeah, this Progress,
0: stuff. Progress Wrestling. Yeah, I mean, th- there's free matches everywhere too. Type his name into YouTube. You'll find plenty of stuff. Trust me. Like,
1: and you know he's like 22 years old. I don't even think he turned 23 yet, and he's going to be a very major player for the next decade and a half to two decades in the world of wrestling. There's no question. And he signed a deal with New Japan. We all knew he was going to start an invasion attack. Um, for some reason, people were speculating that he might be a, a young lion. I didn't think that that was going to be the case, and that's completely the opposite case. He's jumping right into a title match. So, and I think he's going to beat Kushida. So, I, you know, and this is what I feared for Kushida. There's just too many uh, new toys to play with And that I mean, and Kushida's time is going to be cut short. There's just too much going on. So, you got
0: Bushi, you got Will Osprey. I mean, that that thing's getting loaded Ricochet, up right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, they got all these exciting new juniors, and, you know, it's, it's, I I don't think Kushida is going to survive this, um, you know, as, as the, as the junior ace that people thought he would be during this period of time. I just don't think it's going to happen. You know, he's going to have to, he's going to, he's going to either lose it to Ospreay. He's not, he's not going to beat all these people. So, and I think he's losing this match. I think they're going to put Ospreay over big. I think they love him, and um, they're going to make sure that he wins his first match right out of the gate, but, um, but yeah, he's a he's he's tremendous. He's great. He's just uh, he, he's 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 already a world class wrestler at the age of 22, and and this is going to be a big deal. And hopefully, the juniors between this and the suit with all these these signings they've made and the elevation of Bushi and the Super J Cup, that the juniors could get a little more focused this year.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, move on now to the first round matchups of the New Japan Cup. The opener, Torayano defeating Yujiro Takahashi. Uh, this I didn't give a rating to because it was Yano, you know, uh, uh, Yujiro attacks Yano on the outside. They fight on the outside, da-da-da-da, whatever. Uh, the count's at 19. Uh, Yano slips through, knocks Yujiro down rolls into the ring and he wins so that that's it i, I thought it was fine it was fun a uh, good way to open the show everybody was laughing and and, and the crowd always pops for yano's antics so what i mean you can't be upset by it
1: it was a lot of fun it was a crafty it's toro yano yujiro
0: what the fuck did you
1: it's want a crafty <laughs> count out win did anybody want to right. see a 10 minute match between no these two? god no no so that... give us
0: time for all the other matches which got a bunch of time and thankfully because this match only went a minute everybody else got a few more minutes to do what they needed to do which was fantastic in many cases so yeah
1: this was perfect booking for this match
0: yep Agreed. Uh move on now. Uh, Michael Elgin defeating Hiroshi Tenzon. What did you think of this match?
1: I thought it was way better than I thought it was gonna be.
0: Yeah, that's that was that Tenzon. we always talk about that and and I think I, I either Oh no it was on Slack. I was talking to you on, on our internal Slack and I said, Oh man, Tenzon and Big Mike, you know, had a great match. And I think you you alluded to, you know, Tenzon every every so often or like once or twice a year now, he'll just out of nowhere just say, Oh, you know what? I'm gonna have a really good match and then he kills it. Like last year, I think you said it was the Rob Conway match. That, that was fantastic. What, what month was that one? I forgot which.
1: It was earlier, and it was in the first half of the year of the conference.
0: Was it February? It wasn't February. I forgot what it was. But yeah, I, I remember the match exactly that you were talking about. It was just like, holy shit, Rob Conway and Tenzan had a really awesome match. And you had to like tell people, no, no, no I promise. Like they, they had a good. And this is one that, um, again, you might see and go, ah, Michael Elgin, Tenzan. I... It's awesome. It's really, really good. Tenzan gave his body. Uh, I mean, he gave Michael Elgin a lot in this match. And you talk about Tenzan, who's a New Japan legend. We know him as, you know, he's kind of this older guy. He's kind of run down now. But that's still a guy that's, that's fairly protected they still take some decent care of him but they let Michael Elgin do a lot with him and Tenzon let Michael Elgin do a lot as well. I thought that was a real, it was real telling in that, that this is a newly signed guy Michael Elgin, that that this felt like, okay, this is a man who's on this roster, he's ready to go and here he is just destroying. I mean, and Tenzon had a bunch of hope spots as well and it was fun at the end as well but I think the first half of the match was all Elgin just it was a showcase, and the crowd's chanting for Elgin. They're doing all this stuff. I mean, that, that right there shows you all you need to know about what Michael Elgin's going to do this year and next year in New Japan. I mean, they, they think the world of this guy. I mean, that's, this, isn't a fun, this isn't some guy that's just filling out the bottom of the cards anymore. I mean, this, this is a real deal guy now.
1: I mean, yeah, Elgin can win the tournament. So, yeah, oh yeah. So, you know, he's definitely in line for a push here. They gave him the new contract. You could see that he's motivated, and, and I think you nailed it on the head. I was very surprised. He took 80% of this match. And you know, Tenzon barely got anything in, and then that that you know, I was starting to think to myself, "Wow, is Tenzon going to win?" Because he, because you know what I mean. Because usually, when you give up that much, especially when you're a veteran like that, a respected veteran. But then Elgin won the match. He hit him with the yeah. uh, sit out power bomb, and that was that. That
0: was at one point where Tenzon locked him in that anaconda kind of vice, and like it was sort of the middle of the ring, and I'm like, "All right, there we go." <laughs> you know, that was that, it. Elgin that had a fun little run, it, right? Yeah, right there we go. Okay, had a nice little run. Then Elgin got to the ropes and I went, "Oh, okay." And then they just started, you know. It was delirating each other. Tenzan went for the Mutsal. I said, okay, he's going to win with the Mutsal. And then the buckle bomb. And I was like, oh, never mind that. Okay. Like, that's it. But yeah, I was I was shocked by the quality of the match and shocked by how much Elgin uh, uh, was given in this match as well. That, but that,
1: let me tell you. A
0: good shot. A good shot, though. The
1: way that match was laid out and as definitively as he won it, that's as strong a win as he's had. I mean.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: You, you know, people are going to laugh. Tenzin, but Tenzan has respect. You know, that, that's, that was. And the way he dominated him, that was a very strong win. He could win this tournament.
0: I liked uh, after the match too. I thought it was kind of fun. Elgin was was ready to give him a handshake, and Tenzad just said, "Ah, fuck you," and left the ring. <laughs> like, I
1: didn't even notice that. That's not- oh
0: yeah, like like Elgin took his like you know he's putting his straps down and kind of like he was about to go for a handshake and I uh, just rolled out of the ring and then like kind of game like a, ah with his hand and walked to the side like ah fuck
1: he you. gave him the hand wave did he give him the hand
0: wave? sort of it wasn't like it wasn't like a, a extreme hand wave but it was kind of just like ah, well, uh, you know what i mean like, i like a good hand wave. i'm too old for this shit yeah
1: <laughs> i enjoy a good hand wave i hopefully gave him the hand i'm gonna have to go, go back and look for that
0: yeah i don't know if it was a full hand wave but it was definitely a, uh, a dismissal in some way um, cold shoulder uh, is at least what I saw, but, uh, move on to the next match. Tama Tonga versus Togi Makabe. And you, uh, previewed earlier today on Twitter said you have a lot to talk about to, uh, about Tama Tonga, So I'll let you have it.
1: Okay. So a lot of people were surprised he, he, he won the match and I wasn't, and that's, I, okay. I wasn't, and listen, that's big talk from someone who didn't fill out a, a bracket pool. Okay. And with hindsight and all that, but,
0: <laughs> but it, it was over, over 64% of our pick participants had, had, Tonga winning. So well, there you go. And I mean, they were smart. So if you
1: look at everything from July, from, uh, from January 3rd onward, it's very fucking obvious that they're going to push this guy. He gives the promo on January 3rd, the day before the dome. Everyone remembers that promo where he basically just laid down the gauntlet, said he was tired of not uh, being featured and whatnot. Then he wins the trio's titles, which I, I insisted a few weeks ago when it had look, I know it was only a four day reign. And I know that a lot of people are just viewing that as ah, it's the never title it 's just a throwaway thing. It was just a dumb thing to keep people busy. I completely disagree. I really think when that bullet club team won those never open weight trios titles that that was meant to help progress tamatanga Tonga. If you recall when they won that match, all of the camera focus was on Tonga and he and 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 they they focused on him after the match they focused on on, on him relishing winning that title. And yes, those titles aren't that big of a deal, but they are a big deal for a guy like Tomatanga, who they haven't done anything with since 2010. Okay, they've done nothing with this guy,
0: and that's not an exaggeration. Like, go look at it. Go look at his cage match since 2010. It's it's that it's it's literally nothing. It's <laughs> like you're they've, right. They've done money.
1: nothing yeah. with the guy. I mean yeah. that that title win for it meant nothing for Fale and Yujiro. But it meant something for the progression of Tama Tonga. Go back and watch that match and see how it's produced, how the, how the post-match has produced. All the focus is on Tonga. And I don't know what the announcers were saying, but I'm sure that they were talking about Tama Tonga finally <laughs> winning the title. And yes, they lost it back a couple of days later because they had to get it back to the Yano team to then get it to the elite. But that little that little title switch there was not insignificant for Tama Tonga. Consider this. Since 2014, he's had five singles matches before this match in the New Japan Cup against Makabe. Five singles matches since 2014. He had one singles match the entire year last year. One! He (laughs) He lost to Kazuchika Okada on a random house show on Road to Dominion. That was his only singles match the entire year last year. And actually... My other stat was wrong. He only had four singles matches coming into this match today since 2014. He had three singles matches in 2014, and he had one match in 2015. And previous to this New Japan Cup, the last time he was in New Japan Cup was 2013. He lost to Hiroki Goto in the first round, and by the way, that was his only singles match the entire year. <laughs> so when I say that they've literally done nothing with this guy, I mean that they've literally have not done a thing. With Tamatanga. So things like winning the never open weight trios and being, and just being booked in the New Japan Cup is major progress for this guy. But I feel like, I feel like all of these things have added up to this. And I, I knew he was going to win this match. Who does he have next in this tournament?
0: Uh, he will go up again. So let me find I just closed the window actually because I was like, I don't need that. Um, I <sighs> should know off the top of my head. I've been looking at this thing enough. Uh, one sec. This is awful. I should know this. I haven't, but, uh, I haven't even
1: looked at the, how, the, how the bracket. Oh,
0: he'll, he'll fight Goto. He'll fight Goto next. Right, listen. He could be Goto. That's
1: winnable. Yeah. The story that they're telling with Goto. Now, I think that they've kind of switched paths with Goto here after they did that bizarre video in the rain or whatever, in the, <laughs> the waterfall. What? So we all thought he was going to lose in the first round, but I, I, you know, I,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I, I, I would put the odds on that one 75-25 in favor of Goto with, with Tonga here. But look. Winning a new Japan Cup first round match over Togi Makabe. We just talked about Elgin getting a strong win. Beating Togi Makabe in seven minutes is a very strong win for Tamatanga. A very strong win. Because you all, listen, Makabe is another guy. You know, if, if you're, especially now with the defections, he's like fourth or fifth in the pecking order in terms of the stars of this company, in their eyes. Okay, maybe we don't like seeing him wrestle all the time, but this guy's a star. That's a big win for Tamatanga. I will say this. I wasn't in love with his performance in the match, so no,
0: nah, match was just kind of there.
1: It was probably like, other than it was probably my least favorite match of the year because at least the Yano Yujiro match was fun. Uh, this was just there. This was a match.
0: Yeah, I gave, it, I gave it two and a quarter. It's just, yeah, the, the, there was nothing that happened until the last little stretch where, where Makabe did the King Kong knee drop and missed it. And then Tonga sort of went from there. He did the gun stun, which was pretty cool, you know, the ode to Carl Anderson. But then after that, it was just kind of whatever. He hit the jumping underhook DDT, the finisher. And then it was, oh, but yeah, there, a lot of this was just filler and, and, and didn't really do much. And, and I don't know if that's on Makabe. I don't know if that's on Tonga because usually Tonga, I think, is a pretty good worker and usually does pretty well. But he seems to do, he seems to, he, he benefits from having. Being in, in the ring with someone that's really good as well. Like, not to say that he's not good, but he ends up, I think, stepping up a lot more. Like, we talk about Okada in those matches in the past, or even like tags when he comes in there against guys like a, a Tanahashi, even a Nakamura in the past. He tends to rise to that occasion. I don't know if he was really going to get much out of Makabe, but still, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think this was probably my least favorite uh, of the New Japan Cup matches. This
1: was his most important match ever in this company. Most important singles match he's ever had. You could argue it's the most important match he's ever had in this company. And He pretty much laid an egg performance-wise. So I'd really like to see him go out against Goto and have a killer match. And with Goto, there's no excuses. You should have a killer match with Goto. Goto has killer matches. So I think, look, it's very clear they're pushing him. It's very clear. Look, and the other thing is that I haven't even mentioned, he's got this mystery partner coming in. He's challenging for the tag titles. So – um, that's another reason why, you know, and, and probably why sixty—what did you say? Sixty-four percent of the people picked him. Yeah. I mean, that's another mm-hmm. reason too, because I mean, he's challenger for the belts. He had to beat Mach. He looked like a goof if he lost, you know. So that was another reason. So, you know, I, I'd like to see him out. He ne- he needs to come out against Goto now and have a big performance in the ring.
0: Uh, the match you were most looking forward to and one that delivered. So, I mean, it, it, there was a—I I I think I put in the review that there was a 0% chance this wasn't going to be really good and ended up being really, 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 really good. You know what I mean? Like, it, it we knew it was going to be solid. Like, there was no way it wasn't going to be at least solid, but I think, it, I think it even outperformed those expectations. That's uh, Satoshi Kojima defeating Tomiyaki Hanma. I love this match. What do you think of this it? This was
1: better than the G1 match they had a couple years ago that kind of got buried on the show that it was on and didn't get a ton of time. This was exactly the kind of match that I thought these two guys could have, and I loved it. I thought it was a four-star match. I thought Kojima um, – listen, when Kojima is put in a position to have a big-time match, he goes out there and has a big-time match. Whether it's here, whether it's in NOAA, if he's in the, yeah, the Global League or whatever, when he's, when he's in, in position to have a big-time match, he does. And Hanma always delivers. I love the spot where he went for the, uh, the cozy lariat, and Hanma, you know, he countered it with a flying headbutt. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, pure craziness. I love the spot where they teased the count out, but they were teasing the count out doing the fry Takeyama spot with the, with the, uh, with the dueling forearms, right to the night. Mm-hmm. Cause that was different. That was a little different twist on that. Um, so yeah, this was an excellent match. I'm glad it delivered. Um, I'm glad Kojima finally look, Hama gets a chance to shine all the time. I'm glad Kojima finally had a chance to shine. I'll tell you something else about Hama. Now that Hama is getting pushed, And now that Hanma is no longer a jobber, now that he's firmly a mid-card guy, maybe even a little higher because he holds a belt now, there's actually more drama in these matches now because it's not a given that he's going to lose – Mm-hmm. Do you find that like
0: now? That- oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well, a lot of people said that. And like, we weren't really quite sure. We were kind of on the fence about what was going to happen. But I, a lot of people said that. Yeah. What We, I, I was always worried that once he became a mid-carter, that sort of shine would be off and it would just kind of be this is just a guy now. But people are still invested in that character. I think they've built up enough equity with him of being that loser for so long that they're invested in his wins and losses. But now you at least have that caveat. Like you said, that, oh, he might win this. That's kind of cool. Whereas before it was just sort of the, you know, let's root behind him. I, on, you know, incorrectly thought that once that shine was off, it would just kind of be. Ah, he's just a guy, but it's it's not. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, with the slotting system in New Japan, you can kind of predict a lot of these matches fairly accurately. But the thing with Hanma is he could really lose. You know, he can't beat any. There's certain guys he's not going to beat. But uh, with the exception of those upper echelon guys, he could beat. He could beat or lose to anyone.
0: So his yeah, he's match- got a title now, man. I mean, it's it's kind of surreal to see that guy just walk out with a title. I forget all the time, like, oh shit, yeah, right, like. Like I guess a champion now. Like that's that's incredible. But uh yeah, I, I love this match. I even put uh, you know, I, I people will probably get mad about it. And, oh, no, 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 come on, that wasn't as good. But I, I I had the feeling watching this that it felt like and it's not, I'm not saying it's like these matches or it's exactly the same or directly comparable, but it felt like a peak 90s All Japan match. You know what I mean? These guys just throwing bombs, throwing counters, hard lariats, you know, hard headbutts, a crowd going nuts the entire time. I got that feel the entire time with this match. It was just like that 11 minute it could have been like, you know, like a Hanson versus whoever, you know what I mean? It, it just had that feel to me because it was just so intense from the beginning to the end and it didn't feel Feel like you know sometimes matches where they're always just doing stuff constantly can can feel sort of rushed and nothing felt rushed here. It just felt like both guys just wanted to get this win so bad and didn't want to let the other guy have a minute to sort of think of something or 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 strategize or whatever. They just went balls to the wall the entire time and that that was awesome. I love that.
1: I love when Kojima works with an edge. You know he worked with an edge against Nagata in that G1 match that I will not shut up about. And he and he and he kind of worked with an edge here. He had Kojima. He had Hanma. In a, uh, in a reverse chin lock at one point. And, or a, and, and, and he just, the way, and, and Hanma was screaming, you know, Hanma, Hanma, tremendous, you know, how he sells. He was just screaming in this reverse chin lock. And the way Kojima just, taught, when he got bored with the hold, the way he just tossed Hanma away with absolute disgust. You know, it's little touches like that. That was nothing more than a 45-second rest hold for those guys to catch their breath. But both mm-hmm. of those guys did little things, that made it compelling Absolutely. instead of just grabbing the hold. Hama sold it like he was being suffocated and, and Kojima just, just with disgust, just tossed them away. Like this guy's beneath me. Like he was disgusted with him, And that is the mark of two true pros that could have been a throwaway 45 seconds of that match. And ended up being just, just, just as compelling as the rest of the match.
0: Yeah. My, my favorite spot was uh, uh, Kojima went for a, a, a lariat with the right hand, Hanma blocked it and he just turned. Kojima just turned around with his left and just fucking took his head off. Just like, okay, fine here. Like, and, then like, and Hanma just sells it so well as well. And the crowd just gasped. And that was kind of one of the big turning points of the entire thing. But yeah, this is fantastic. I, I, I really, really love this one. Uh, move on to a tag match, kind of a no out of canon uh, for the New Japan Cup, but that's all right because it was a lot of fun as well. It was uh, Kazuchika Okada and Sakuraba defeating Shibata and Kushida.
1: Yeah, this was a fun match. It was it was mostly a setup to introduce Osprey on the um, on the monitor after the match. After Okada dispatched of Kushida with the Rainmaker and uh, and pinned him in the center there, and then he introduced Osprey. See, I wasn't see here. Here's the one thing I'm unsure of though. I don't know how he's going to fit in as a member of Chaos.
0: Yeah, that seems like an outfit, fit. But
1: and I think when they were when the way they did it, the camera started at his feet and then scanned up. You think people thought that was Zack Sabre Jr. for a minute?
0: Um, Not in –
1: Because they kind of gasped at first, and then they kind of got real quiet because when they showed his face, there was no reaction. Then when he said his name, some people gasped again. You know what I mean? So I yeah. I feel like they didn't know who he was, which most of
0: them I don't think they knew who he was. I don't know if they thought he was Zack Sabre or they thought who he I think they just were like, I don't know who this guy is. And then he took his head off and out, or his, his, his hood off. And I think they just said, I, I still don't know who he is. And I said, I'm Will Osprey. Oh, okay. Now I know who you are. But yeah, I, I just don't. I don't know if they thought he was anybody. I just don't think they knew who he was in general. But. Okay, and then any thoughts about the tag match? I thought I thought it was fine. I liked the Shibata-Okada sort of uh, their little battle. They had a little mini battle. Uh, sakuraba Kushida. I, I kind of enjoyed that as well. And then there was some fun little you know Shibata-Sakuraba stuff. But it was a harmless little fun match. There was, there was really nothing to take from it or glean from it. It was just kind of there. It, it, it was a vehicle, like you said, to, to eventually point to the screen and say, Will Osprey's coming. That's it. You know,
1: I thought I, I might have liked it a little better than you. I thought it was a pretty damn good match. But it, it, like you said, it wasn't anything... The, the purpose of it was to introduce Osprey, but I <laughs> thought they all worked hard. Um,
0: oh, absolutely. Yeah. But. You
1: know, Shibata looked real good here, and Okada always works hard in these situations. So, one thing that, that's kind of weird is, is do you kind of, I don't know, this might be a weird thing, but Kushida kind of went 50 50 with Sakuraba with the grappling, and a lot of guys always do. And I, I, I have a hard time with that. Now, you, as not being an MMA guy.
0: Yeah, so I, I don't care. So, yeah. it doesn't me, bother it doesn't you. Bother. That's your guy though. So no, no, it doesn't bother me at all. But yeah, I, I get how, you know, big fans of two thousands, you know, MMA and Pride and all that sort of stuff kinda of look at it. It's sort of I get that why people would be upset by it. For me, yeah, it does nothing for me. I don't care. Sakuraba means nothing to me whatsoever. But I, I get it. I do. See,
1: that's interesting perspective because you didn't watch all those Sakuraba fight. You know nothing of his MMA career. And it's like I, I watch him grapple with these pro wrestlers, and its I have a hard time buying into it. I'm not going to say it ruins the matches or anything for me. Look, I'm not in love with his matches to begin with. I've, I've, he's grown on me more. Look, when he first got to the company, I couldn't stand watching his matches. And especially, you know, when they you had the feud with the Gracies, had I didn't want nothing to do with it. I know you couldn't stand that stuff either. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't really mind his matches all that much. The thing is, I just, I can't buy in when, when he's grappling with Kushida. I, I just, I can't buy it.
0: Yeah, well, see, Kushida, is, he was a protégé of him though, right? He is. Kushida and, 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 trained under him and, and, and did some and, and stuff. And Kushida so.
1: can, supposedly can grapple a little. But this, but okay, one guy is a guy with a rep, someone <laughs> right. can grapple a little. The other guy is one of the greatest grapplers of all time. Okay, so I still can't really buy into it. It's like I think it works better when you have like what Bobby Fish did at New Beginning where, you know, he thought he was hot shit. And then Sakuraba just wiped the mat with him. Right. Mm -hmm. That that was a lot of fun. And then Kyle O'Reilly tags in and kind of goes more 50 50 with him. Now, that kind of served a purpose. What that was telling fans was, okay, O'Reilly is the real deal. You know what I mean? Like, and we want to take this guy seriously. But when he just goes through this random grappling with certain guys, and, 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 and I'm just using Kushida as the example because that was this match. I mean, but you, we've seen it with other guys. And it's like, I don't know. I almost feel like the pro wrestlers should do pro wrestler type things if they're going to go even with him on the mat. You know what I mean? But they, they just grapple with him, and I don't know, I have a hard time buying into it. Maybe it's just me. Who knows?
0: Yeah, no, I can see it. No, there was a few other people I saw on Twitter that, that mentioned it as well. So you're not alone, but – to me, it, for the people that are just the pure wrestling fans, I'm sure nobody really cares, right? unless you're really passionate about that era of uh, of MMA, which I know you are, and a few of the other people that were following. And of course, many people are, but I could get that. But yeah, I, I see for the most part people not care. I mean, but. look at it this
1: way: his entire gimmick in those days was uh, was he was the pro wrestler killer, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it, it's like it's.
0: <laughs> but he's old. He's old and shitty now, so that's why
1: he's a Gracie killer too.
0: <laughs> right, he, he's lost his he's lost his uh, his his hustle. I don't, I don't know. His, his uh, thing
1: on. was he was a uh, you know a pro <laughs> a pro wrestler, you know who who excelled at the at the grab and is- was representing pro wrestling, and was beating up the Gracies, you know. And and then I I don't know. I, I just it bothers me a little bit.
0: He just doesn't care anymore. That's all you gotta know. He's no good. He's washed up. He doesn't care anymore.
1: It's like if, Possibly if, drunk, okay, yeah. like if, if Josh Barnett <laughs> came to New Japan and he was like going 50-50 uh-huh, yeah, like, on the mat with with Okada, it, it wouldn't bother you. I mean, it would drive me I nuts.
0: I don't care about MMA, so nobody, no, none of them bother me. It, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I have no feelings about. I have zero feelings about Josh Barnett whatsoever. So sorry.
1: From a logic standpoint. I don't care. Who the fuck Josh Pryde? I don't care. He is grappling with Tomohiro well? Ishii. I mean, shouldn't he just wipe the mat with him? You know, oh, maybe. Should,
0: maybe he sucks now. Maybe he hasn't practiced and in a while. Shouldn't
1: Ishii have to like bite him? Or like kick him in the face, or do something pro wrestlingy to get out of it. Uh,
0: I mean, yeah, ideally, but I, I I see I I don't see that in this particular case with Kushida because Kushida we know has a little bit of an MMA background. We know directly with Sakuraba he's got a background, so I don't I don't really mind it there. And with O'Reilly, I don't mind it either. I think yeah, if there was an extreme case where like you know like you said a Ishii goes neck and neck with him on the ground, then yeah, then maybe you could say it. I, I don't know. I don't know if these are great examples of that being a problem, but. I see what you mean, though, about, about those guys. I, I, I don't care. I'm, you're asking the absolute worst, last person in the world that gives well, a fuck about how oh, MMA guys because are... Because you have a completely
1: yeah, I, different perspective on it.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't care. I mean, if Josh Barnett did it. W- whatever. I mean, I don't even know what, like, great grappling even looks like, to be honest. So, there you go. I don't know anything. <laughs> I'm the worst. Move on. Uh, Goto Nagata. What would you think of this guy? I liked it a lot.
1: It was a really good match, and I think it was helped by the fact that... Um, People talked me into it, man. I thought Nagata was going to win, so I think
0: I did too. That's the only the lone uh, the lone blemish on my uh, first day. It, and, I had seven points. This was it. There's a lot of people too. A lot of people are, are were were picked Nagata winning this. It made sense. It made all the sense in the world.
1: Yeah, and I think that um, it ended up being a surprise finish when it really probably shouldn't have been. You know what I mean? But um, so that helped the match a little bit. I think that everything from basically the um, the Kojima Hanma match onward was a really good match. This card just they, it's like we said, this was like a really good G1 card, you know, from from that match onward, everything was pretty good. This might have been the weakest match of the bunch. And this was a really, really good match.
0: Uh, I thought what was kind of interesting uh, to me and I, I did write this in the review as well, is that it lacked some of the intensity and speed of, of, of those previous ones, which which is fine though, because it worked perfectly well, especially when you got a guy like Nagata in there, and the big thing, the big story of the match, and I'm, I, I'm sure you picked up on this a lot as well, is that Goto or Nagata was sort of challenging Goto throughout, sort of saying, okay, look, like, I, you've been through all this shit or whatever, well, here you go, I'm going to try this and try this and see what you can do and see what you can do or whatever, and Goto, I mean, he, Nagata, honestly, for a lot of the match, had the advantage over Goto, and Goto looked like like, hey shit, I, I you know, this this old man's beaten me. And that's that's when I thought, like, because the guy had him in a bunch of different locks and a bunch of other stuff, and I said, Oh man, he's gonna lose this and just be so demoralized now. But uh the one part that came I thought it was really interesting is that Godo sort of uh there was a point where where Goto's challenging Nagata to to kick him, I think. He's he's on the ground, he says, Come on, kick me, kick me, or whatever. Nagata goes for the kick and Goto stands up, grabs him, and then does, you know, a, a series of moves, does a backbreaker, and then, you know, gets the you know the the, the pinfall uh, shortly after that. So I thought that was kind of a cool aspect. And and I said I don't I don't know if that means that we're supposed to think and, and, and that's fun though there's kind of two different angles that you can kind of go with this either that goto sort of has this new edge to him where he's willing to sort of cheat and and kind of be a, a a dick or if you know it's just him taking the opening where nagata you know he challenged nagata nagata stupidly went for a kick after a guy challenged him and then he just showed him up and said hey no that's that's dumb don't do that either way i kind of like the story whether he's got you know sort of an asshole tinge to him a little bit where he, he took that that moment to sort of cheat in a in a sense not cheat in the cheating I d I don't know, just sort of t- to take a loophole there and, and sort of take that advantage, or if it's just him saying, Hey look, this is something that you kinda let me have and then I took it and I won. So that's it. But I thought that was kind of an interesting sort of interplay there at the at the finish. Yeah,
1: the story was looking like it was gonna be slumping Goto again. You know, yeah, right. I think that's what I mean, Nagata was at. kicking
0: his ass. No, Nagata was kicking his ass for the first you know, 10 minutes of the match. And then, like I said, there was that one point where, where Goto challenged Nagata to kick him, went for the kick, and then he, he reversed it, and, and that was it. And that was the closing stretch of the match.
1: Look, I don't think – I think this is it for Nagata. I think that uh, – you know I, you, I don't think you're going to see another push for him. And I think that being sort of the, 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 the Triple H of Lionsgate is a good spot for him right now. Um, obviously, he likes working with the younger wrestlers. He likes being in the dojo with some of these guys, taking some of them under his wing. And I think him is sort of the 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 top dude that they have to prove themselves against on these Lionsgate shows that we'll talk about a little later. Is is really a good spot for him right now, um, even more so than maybe getting pushed in 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 New Japan proper. So I, I really. I, I know there's Nagata fan, but I, I kind of like where he's at right now. I, I kind of prefer him in this role as a guy who can go out there and give you a decent match on a New Japan show, but really be the guy that the young guys gun for uh, on the Lionsgate shows.
0: Uh, move on now to uh, Naito defeating Yoshihashi. Uh, this, I think, I will say it, is the best Yoshihashi match I've ever seen.
1: It's up there. Agree
0: or disagree? Well,
1: the, the, <laughs> the, uh, the Yoshihashi match against Elgin was really good okay um but look i'm not gonna argue with you I, this was a really good yoshi fucking yoshiashi match i mean um you, you might be right
0: and i'm saying that by the way and you know me you can't stand the guy no <laughs> again not personally i he's probably a very nice man i don't like his in-ring work but yeah no that's a, that's a guy i'm never 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 a big fan of anything yoshiashi does but i thought this was awesome i mean night the story was really cool as well where um you know, it felt like Naito just had the advantage. I mean, he was beating on him, took him to the outside, threw him through the barricades. And it was, it was a, stip, a, a typical, you know, what you would sort of assume Naito and Yoshihashi would be. And then, Yash- I, I don't know what happened, but something snapped. And then he just started going and going and going. And, and you, you know, I had a, a number of just, like, super close pinfalls where you're like, oh, my God, Yoshihashi might win this thing. Like, there was a point where I was legitimately like, oh, my God. Like, because every, every bracket would have been destroyed because Naito's the big favorite for everybody. I, th- I mean, th- there was no chance Yoshihashi was going to win, but there's, the, there's it. I mean, he, he was able to get me a few times in that match to go, oh my god, they might have him win, and of course, you know, it, it, it's silly, but it, it wasn't. I mean, that's that that's it. But I mean, but it's the Japan
1: Cup where the where, they, where they'll pull that shit with you.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and that was like me going like, "Oh my god!" Like they're really gonna do that. And you know, he's got him in the dragon sleeper in the middle of the ring. He's you know hitting his finishers and stuff. And it's like, "Oh my god!" Like they're really gonna have Naito lose in the first round. And then Naito pulls it out. And like they, you know, Naito even has that face too. Like, "Oh my god!" That was really close. Like, why did I let Yoshiashi get you know that much on me? Which is is great. I love that story, and it immediately makes a lot of people care about Yoshiashi, myself included. Where we're going, oh my god, this guy's pretty good. Like he can. You give him an opportunity, and you give him sort of a little bit of a carrot, and and he could take it. So I love that. I thought it was a fantastic match.
1: This was better than the Yoshihashi Hanma match, which was slightly disappointing if you remember that one. And, but I think it was about equal to the Mike Elgin Yoshihashi match from, I think it was the final night of the G1 where they just had a random one-off singles match. And yeah, Elgin just right tore the fucking house down with the guy. I think I gave it four stars. This was in the four star range, too. Three and a half, three and a quarter, somewhere in there. What'd you have it at? You rated.
0: You I, I went three and a quarter. I went three and a quarter. But I'm a I'm a bad raider too. You know, what so I
1: mean. so I'm low. well I think you I think you went high on that damn Tomatonga match at two and a quarter. But uh <laughs> so, so you overrated that one. I I was like I I don't know. But uh but yeah, so yeah, you can make a, a really good argument. This was the best singles match Yoshi ever had. And I'll tell you, this might have been with the exception of a couple of the G1 matches where he really tore the house down, the best Naito match since the G1. Because his matches have not – it's not yeah, been about yeah, match yeah. quality with that guy. Right. It's been about character work.
0: This is certainly better than any of those Shibata matches that they had, which which should have been great and just ended up not being good at all. So, yeah, no, I, I – uh, I, I, yeah, that's that's fair. I think that's absolutely fair to say uh then we'll move on to what i think was the match of the night tomohiro ishii versus evil uh what do you think of this guy i went three and three quarters i could have easily gone four uh just a shockingly good match for these two guys
1: yeah i went four on this i went four flat on three or four matches on the show did you go four with anything
0: i didn't because i'm a bastard like that so
1: um yes i mean yeah but three and three <laughs> quarter and four is like the same thing I, I, uh, right, right but i mean um yeah this was this was Look, we just talked about maybe the best Yoshihashi singles match ever, the best Naito match since the G1. I mean, this is Evil's best match since he's.
0: Oh, there's no debate. There's no debate. I mean, I won't listen to it.
1: No, I-, I saw a couple of his excursion matches that I thought were on par with this.
0: Yeah, I saw him and Elgin uh, in Ring of Honor in Chicago. That was that was very good. Probably a little bit better than this, but no. As far as New Japan, this is this is it.
1: Yeah, and and you know, look, he. It's like we talked about Bushi just it's almost like he's been in that role for it feels like he's been in that role for years he 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 acclimated to it so well it might take Watanabe a little longer and that's okay it's still a fairly new gimmick okay it's, it's not like he's been doing it for three years he's been doing it for under a year so this is a good sign for Watanabe I still think it's teetering on the brink of being a little bit too corny it's right on the line I think he really needs to get rid of the cheap ass Halloween store fucking what do you call that weapon? Is it a what's the what's the what do you call that gimmick um,
0: that he carries around? I don't know the name. Of I don't name. know my weapons. Yeah, I don't know my weapons. Very I don't. Well. I don't it's know my medieval
1: it. weapons. I don't. Yeah. But whatever that thing he's carrying around, the sickle. Is it a sickle? As a
0: Sith or a Sickle? Because there's a Sith too. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe a Sickle. Let's call it a Sickle. Some dork will oh, correct
1: sickle. us, but I, I'm going to go with Sickle. <laughs> wow. We're probably wrong.
0: You're not a dork, whoever you are that. But <laughs> still, seriously, we don't care. Don't don't tweet Listen, us. We don't
1: nobody buries, the list, buries their own listeners quite like we do. <laughs> but I'm going to go with Sickle, and I'm probably wrong. Okay, but, but he needs to get rid of that thing.
0: Scythe? Is it Scythe? It might is be a it?
1: Scythe. I don't fucking know.
0: Yeah, it's one of those. Uh,
1: but he look. I don't mind the rest of it. I think the the purple cloak is cool. I don't even mind the laser beams. Okay, but that 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 <laughs> that weapon thing—it looks like a cheap piece of plastic. You can tell. Listen
0: to us describe this. Like, imagine if you don't know what this guy looks like or don't know any. Like, listen to us describing this. Like everything else that we described. Now we're talking about lasers and skites and 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 makeup and, and colors purple and smoke and, and, and like. Like, like you gotta just be like, what the hell
1: are these guys? And talking I really about? don't mind like the colored hair, the mascara, the purple cloak, the the fucking skull gimmick that he wears around his neck now. The lasers, shockingly, none of that bothers me. It's the stupid plastic weapon that you can tell weighs less than a pound just by the way he carries it around. If it was really made of metal or something, I can live with it more. Kind of like. Uh, uh Tanaguchi's Bydens. Remember Taniguchi's Bident, <laughs> okay? And I know that's the name of that fucking thing. That that thing's called Oh, a- <laughs> we looked it up. We yeah.
0: we did an entire podcast where we looked that up. Yes. Not an entire podcast, but it was Biden, a big part.
1: okay? Yeah. And I don't mm-hmm. mind Yoshihashi's fucking staff, whatever that thing is. <laughs> that thing's stupid. I, I don't mind that because at least it. But the, the thing that he, that evil carries around, it looks like something that you have. In your, it's a Halloween thing, it, yeah. He bought it at a Halloween. Absolutely, store. it looks like it's something yeah. that you have in your garage or your closet because you were the Grim Reaper for Halloween in two thousand and three, and you just never got around to throwing the thing out. Like it's it it's it to me, you know. So it's right on the brink, this gimmick, and he hasn't crossed the line yet, but he's very fucking close to going full Bray Wyatt, and and that's the danger here. But, yes, this was an excellent match. Is, it, is Can you have a bad match with Ishii? I mean, really.
0: No, I think we're at that point now where he's just so, so unless good. Unless I mean, it's like, your fifth
1: straight match with Makabe, you can't have a bad match with the guy. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, other than that, we sort of got weirded out by that. Or I, I, at least I got weirded out by that going, oh, man, maybe Ishii isn't. The, and uh, maybe it's maybe it's finally we had that peak with Ishi, you know, a few years ago. He, I mean, Naito had those fantastic series of matches. Maybe that was sort of the peak here. But man, he's had just a really, really good year. I mean, him and Shibata have had some great matches, and this one, like, like, and, and Evil did a great job here in this as well. But this was Ishi really kind of, you could tell, sort of taking control of this match and working it in his style as well, which, which you could tell because Evil. You know, hasn't worked that way. He hasn't really worked the same sort of never open weight. What, what we know is a never open weight style, you know, the hard lariats, a lot of grunting, you know, headbutts, real hard hitting, you know, hard style. And we haven't really seen that out of him yet. And, and he fits in perfect. So I think he maybe has found his niche here a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what the future holds for evil if he's in that never open weight picture. But I think they found their niche with him. I think him against, you know, Ishis and Shibata's and, and those sort of level of guys, I think, is, is, is what's going to work for him and it'd be a fresh
1: face for those guys, too.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll go to the main event here, which is Bad Luck Folly defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, an upset of sorts. Uh, not, not a ton of people. Uh, it was less than 50% uh, had Folly beating uh, uh, Tanahashi, but it wasn't, like, it wasn't like 10%. It was like 48 or something like that. I, I don't know the exact number in front of me. So there was a, a, a fair amount of people that thought he was going to win here. Um, no, it made the most sense for Folly to be the one that beat Tanahashi because if Tanahashi did beat Folly, then you know he faces Mike Elgin in the next round, and that's like that's weird. Like you're not going to have Elgin beat Tanahashi. It's just a weird match to happen, regardless. So maybe you no know, Tanahashi moves on and beats Elgin, which doesn't seem to, like the right time for Elgin to lose, and then he faces you know Goto or you know Tamatonga, and then of course, and, and then he got Tanahashi in the finals again. and And I think it's it's especially for the New Japan Cup where you can sort of open it up a little bit. I think it was the right move to get him out of this tournament, and just now we have a bunch of guys that could win this. We have Naito looks like. A favorite but people have also went with Mike Elgin as well as, as a guy who could win uh some people also you know possibly with kojima i mean there's like there's some other guys that could win here so i think it's good that, that tanahashi gets out of here one way or another and finally the best guy to do it
1: yeah i think that um the, the the thing about it a lot of people were saying you know tanahashi wasn't going to lose two matches in a row and lose to omega well now he's lost three and you know what? It doesn't fucking matter.
0: No, <laughs> he's fine. He's
1: Hiroshi Tanahashi. It doesn't fucking matter. He can he can turn around now and win a big match and get right back in the mix against anybody. But it, it, it's good to get him out of there now. And as we look at the brackets, so we've got Fale against Elgin, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, let me fire this up Because it would again.
1: have been Elgin-Tanahashi, which... Like you say, it would have been a dumb match to have anyway. So
0: It's just weird, yeah, they're friends and, and then, like again, it's, it seems kind of weird it's like too early for Elgin to beat a guy of like Tanahashi's level or whatever, but then you don't want to beat Elgin either, so it works perfect. Yeah, it's, it's Fale Elgin now and uh, these take place by, t- by the time we're recording this or by the time most of you guys are listening to this uh, this match might have happened already, so I don't want to say who's going like, to do too many of our predictions or all that sort of stuff, but anyway, because we'll sound like idiots, but yeah, it's Fale and Elgin uh, then you got Tamatoga and Hiroki Goto uh, on that bracket, so they'll face the, the winners of those two will face. Uh, you got Kojima versus Toro Yano. I imagine Kojima wins that one. And you have Ishii versus Naito, which uh, sets up a pretty interesting match there. That should be a fantastic match. And then, you know, who wins it will be a little fun. I think Naito's going to win. I think Kojima's going to win. Then you get a Naito Kojima match. That would be pretty cool. Uh, we're probably going to get an Elgin versus Godo. That'll be fun too. Maybe, I, I, I doubt Tamatonga wins, right? Like, pretty much locked that, that, that Goto would win. They're, they're
1: doing the next two rounds on this show, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, oh no! Well, they're doing they're doing just round two, and then the semis because oh, that's it. Then we have that, and then the semis of the twelfth. So no, it's just the second round. So, oh, okay. So the they're fourth? doing semis and yeah.
1: finals on the right, okay. right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, let me let me think. Yeah, you would think you're going to get Naito Kojima, mm-hmm. and then you would think you're going to get Fale.
0: Well, that Taga, that Toga to one's got me kind of. I, I think Elgin beats Fale.
1: He could, yeah. I mean, that would be another good win for Elgin. A real good win. And plus, Fale just beat his tag partner.
0: Right. And, and like I said, is Teflon. Like, if he loses, it's like, all right, whatever. And then in it, six months, if he goes and beats Okada, no one, you know, it's like, all right, whatever. Yeah. As a
1: booking tool, Fale is a great guy. To, to, yeah. Because he's got the credibility to beat anyone without hurting that person. Because it does, it's not really viewed as a huge upset. Because he has wins... Over Tanahashi, Okada, and Nakamura. And they've established that bad luck fall as death. So when you lose so to, if he could beat those guys, he could beat anyone else and not hurt them either. But at the same time, he's a guy that you can beat and he doesn't get hurt. He's a great guy to have around for a booker, the way that the way that he's been built and the way that he's been presented. You're right about that. She could really do anything with him. So yeah, Elgin may beat him and then what do you think they do? Elgin Goto?
0: Uh, yeah. I think Elgin Goto, but yeah, the Tonga-Goto one I have a tough time with because I don't know. I mean, obviously Tonga's being built up as well, but it'd be a great win for him. But I feel like it's, it'd be weird to have Goto. If you're going to have Goto lose, have him lose in that first round and really have yeah, him get pissed. I th- it doesn't make sense now. Now he's going to the semis for sure, I, maybe in the finals. And I
1: think that one win for Tonga says enough and is enough for him as a stepping stone. He doesn't need to win sure. two. Winning right. one is impressive enough, especially beating Makabe. And the whole point, too, is they're just setting him up for the tag title and beating Makabe did that. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have to win. So you're right. Goto is going to win and he'll probably face Elgin, but I wouldn't shock me if it was Fale. Do you think they put Goto into the finals of this thing and then break his heart there?
0: Yeah, that's a good because if he's against Naito, that, that sort of plays into your uh, uh, what, what's it now? We're going on about four months now of the Goto joining uh, the Ingobernables. So that that'd be fun uh if maybe he just gives up and joins them says fuck it <laughs> i can't do this on my own i'll, tell you I'll what, join them is, yeah, that'd be fun. Is, that'd be good this
1: is also intriguing cuz it they really can go a million different ways here
0: i mean elga and Naito would be fun as just a pure match or whatever I and mean, i i think Naito would win that but again elga could win the same the whole fucking thing too so it's really uh tanga, it's interesting. Are tanga, yeah.
1: are tanga and yano the only guys who can't win the tournament
0: uh yes yeah
1: well ishi probably won't win either right
0: Oh, yeah, and Ishii as well. Yeah, Ishi's definitely losing to Naito. So, yeah, Naito, Kojima. I'd say Naito is the highest odds. Uh, Kojima is probably the lowest odds of the guys remaining, but still has odds. Uh, then, yeah, Goto's got some solid odds. And then, then Elgin, yeah, has some solid odds. So, if
1: Kojima maybe, gets to the final against Goto, he'll probably win. Because I think at that point they'll break Goto's heart there. They're not going to do Goto. Goto's not
0: winning this thing. No, he, he's won too many and, and had his heart broken. And, you, and, you, <laughs> and then and and that.
1: you have to go right back yeah. to Goto Okada.
0: Yeah, that's don't do that. That'd be terrible.
1: But I, you know, Elgin. But, but then, you know, if Elgin wins, who does he? He's not gonna. He
0: go IC maybe? Maybe goes for the IC title.
1: But see, you need. But then, what do you do with Okada's title defense at um, Invasion Attack? The, the winner has to challenge him because they're going to have an Okada match at Invasion
0: Attack. Right, right, right. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. So
1: that kind of slims the field too. Look, look. The thing is. I personally would not do Naito, Okada. I would wait for Osaka. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people have said, what if Naito wins the tournament and it would play right into his gimmick where he's like, yeah, I want my title shot, but not yet. I don't want it I'll do it eventually. When I want it. Maybe when I feel like it. Mm -hmm. And then they, they do do it in Osaka. But then still, what do you do with Okada on this show? Yeah, right. So... You know, and I kind of feel like I, I you know, I would have tried to book Kota Ibushi for this show, but that's obviously not going to happen because I would have done Kota Ibushi Omega as the drawing match, and then given Okada, the, you know, as the real drawing match, and given Okada, you can give him a lesser opponent at that point, whether it's Kojima right. or whoever. Yeah, you can
0: give Kojima pretty easily. Yeah. And
1: even though it's the main event, you all, everybody knows that Omega and. Abushi was the drawing match, but obviously that's out the window. That's not going to happen. No. So I, this is all, I, I don't know. Maybe they do go right back to Goto and he loses again and then he just fucking, then he just has it. Then he just snaps. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, look, this is all very intriguing because it's hard to see what they're doing here. Now, they'll probably just shit on all of us and just Naito wins and faces him an in invasion attack, um, which I wouldn't do. I would save it for Osaka. I agree. I agree. Now, it, it's
0: too, it's too early, too soon.
1: I do think it's too soon for Naito's title shot. I think it's too soon for Naido to win because I think Naido should beat Okada. But I I don't – I would – but this is too soon for all of that in my opinion. But this is a lot of fun because we really don't know who's going to win all these matches here coming up. Except I think it's a pretty safe bet Kojima will beat Yano.
0: Yeah. But it's fun though. I mean, we're looking at this this thing, and we got you know four, We got scenarios for each guy. You know, if they win, and, and things that could happen with each guy, and then like things that can't. happen, You know what I mean? Like at the same time, we have all these scenarios, but then we're like, ah, but what about this? But what about? That? And that's fun. That's awesome. Like that that that's how you want to book a tournament in my mind. You want people to sort of question and wonder, and 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 because now I'm intrigued. I want to see the results. It's not just like uh, okay, yeah, Okada is going to win, or, or Tanahashi going to win, or Nakamura's. You know, in previous years we've had a lot of that where it's been so obvious who was going to win this thing. This is a fun one. This is a wide open field. It really is. I mean, we might again like sound like idiots, and Naito's just going to win here. But I mean, it's—I I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I, I really don't.
1: No, and it's fun making a case for other people.
0: Yeah, no. exactly. So now we're on the Kojima case. So if that happens, we—you uh, remember—you heard it here first. So um, Kodobushi, you did mention him a little bit. Uh, there's some rumblings about him. What, what have we sort of heard? or What have you personally heard uh, about Kodobushi? Because he's been in the news a lot lately for various reasons it's been it's been the odd like underbelly of (laughs) the wrestling news cycle because nobody wants to really say too much but there's there's stuff going on it sounds like speculation of stuff going on
1: yeah well i mean he's his contract is up with new japan and from what i understand he's just freelancing he could work anywhere even though he's going to do he's going to do the the ddt sumo hall show like third from the top in that wacky tag match and he claims he's going to be doing this this weird offshoot promotion, whatever it is, for DDT. But there's a lot of talk that he's going to be at WrestleMania weekend, and the talk centers around Evolve. Now, people asked us to talk about it, so we did a little bit of digging. Um, Evolve is not confirming it. We do know that there are places where he definitely won't be working, because we asked people, and they no, he's not working for us that weekend. So... All signs pointing to evolve. I think that's safe to say. of uh, people are hinting around at it, but I don't think, as of this recording, anything is set in stone yet. And that I don't think that's people dancing around it or us dancing around it. Because if evolve had cut the deal, they would announce the matches. They're trying to sell tickets, so if it was official, I think we'd know because evolve would say so. Um. But, I mean, it, it's, it's all signs are pointing to Ibushi working for Evolve WrestleMania weekend. We had a couple matches thrown at us, but who the hell knows. And the other thing is, it was strongly hinted to us that he would then be in NXT by June. So, um, you know, we weren't told that flat out, but someone strongly hinted that. So, And like I said, there were a couple Evolve matches that were thrown at us. Um, you know, but, but like, I, I don't think it's official yet because I think the second that any kind of, you know, ink is dry, Evolve's just gonna, WWN's gonna scream it from the rooftops. Right. But, you know, it, it's like I said, some other people who are running shows that weekend, um, have said that he, that he's not working for them because he's, because they, they, he's pretty much locked up by someone, which is, which is Evolve. I mean, it's Evolve. It's going to be Evolve or Bust.
0: That's what we're hearing, which should be awesome. I mean, if there's some of the matches that people have mentioned are, uh, man, uh, I really wish I would be down there. If those happen, who knows? Something could fall through again. So we don't want to, yeah, we don't want to say this is what's going to happen or that's what they think is going to. So, But, yeah, it, it, it seems like we're pretty close there, which is uh, really fun, really interesting. And just uh, just adds to the the craziness that this year's been, uh, this 2016, and just what, what it's been doing. So, uh, yeah, but, again, that's all we know for right now. And, again, we don't really... I don't want to say we quote know anything, but it's been strongly, strongly, as you said, hinted about those things. And if all, I mean, that'd be a great spot for him, at least for the meantime. And and NXT, I I don't know. I mean, that we, we talked, we've been talking on Twitter a lot about it. You know, if they do, if Kotobushi Bushi does come in and he goes to NXT, you can't have a Tommy there anymore, can you? Like, w- what's the need of that? I think
1: you could have a Tommy. I mean, th- the thing is, a Tommy just starts getting lost in the shuffle because he never stood out. Before he got hurt, he was just right. starting to come around.
0: Yeah, what, what's the best Hideo Itami match ever?
1: Yeah, I mean Tyler
0: Breeze, right? That one match against Tyler. Or the Breeze, that or was the like, uh, good. yeah, like,
1: the Balor match at WrestleMania weekend that not a lot of people saw. Um, you know, so it's like, yeah, he, he, the the point is, he he wasn't he was just starting to come around when he got hurt. So he hasn't stood out. So he's just gonna fall by you know behind all now. Look, bringing all these people in could motivate him. And then when he comes back he can be, you know, a house of fire and just and and maybe this time away has has lit a fire under him and maybe he's had time to think about to stop trying to be what he thinks he's supposed to be in that company and just be you know the guy that they signed, which was always his problem. Um, you know, honestly I you know, if 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 he does leave and go back to Noah, that would be great for Noah, I think. I would obviously be actually awesome for Noah. They could really use that <laughs> actually um but cuz that's exactly what they're lacking and there's a bunch of matches there that that now that I would love to see him have but um i, I don't even know how long has he's been there what almost 2 years now right
0: we're trying to figure it out yeah the other day I was trying to figure it out yeah it's been it's been since 2014 i think it was early t- i I'm trying to ex- remember the exact, I think either the summer of 2014, because it was that July 4th show or something, it was somewhere around that time uh, when they had Hogan go over there or whatever, but it's been, I think it's been since 2014, if I remember that's correctly. That's right, and it, it's, Hulk
1: Hogan symbolic Remember that? Hulk,
0: <laughs> Hulk Hogan's raising his hand like that. Yeah, there you go. So Hulk Hogan was the face of the company at that time when they said, hey, here's this guy. Yeah. It was those it was Sumo
1: like, Hall shows. That the yeah, WWE right, right. Ran. So whenever those were, that's when they, 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 they signed them. So yeah, but yeah, it's, it's you know, with Nakamura and Ibushi, I mean, there's no, re- look, there's no rule that you can only have one Japanese yeah, it's not zero guy. Sum.
0: It's not zero sum, but, you know. But that's how they
1: do things, though.
0: <laughs> right. They, they only have one Mexican at the time, and I don't think they're going to, just, I just have a hard time believing they're going to carry three Japanese guys on the roster at the same time, like. And, and' be able to use them well either, you, you know what I mean, like maybe they can 't carry them, but one of them is becoming some horrible racial stereotype you, you know they 're just not going to be able to hold uh, you know handle themselves with three of them at the same time, and that's that's that 's not me talking, of course, I would be able to have, find something to do with those guys because they 're all fucking great, but this is this company, like you know what I mean they they turn down guys because they turn down high flyers because they already have high flyers, you know what I mean like they turn down ricochet because we don 't need you we already have this guy that does flips, So, you know what I mean? Like that's this company's mentality a lot of ways, even, even NXT to a point. So I, I just find it hard to believe. I just think he gets so lost in the show. Look, a, lot of, a
1: lot of things are changing, especially at the NXT level. But when it comes to some of these things, when it comes to race, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, I'll believe that they can, that they'll, they'll have three Japanese men on the roster at once, plus Asuka when I see it.
0: Oh, of course. Yeah, I forgot about Oscar. Yeah, so four Japanese people on the roster. I mean, that—that'd be. Yeah, and this is WWE we're talking about, man. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's yeah, I, yeah it I, like you ask- said. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, I believe it when I see it. Like, this is just a company that's never proven to me that they are are good about that. Uh, about uh, you know, just who cares? Who cares what race they are? Who cares what language they speak? I don't give a shit. They're good. We're done. We're going. We're going. We're going to go with it. Like, it's just never been them. So I I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. He just, yeah, it, I mean, it'd be great if there was, but we don't know. So that's, that's as far as what we know uh, about Kota Ibushi.
1: Hey, Voices of Wrestling
0: fans, this is John from the KMP Show, inviting you to check out all of the lustrous sports talk.
1: Beaver anus.
0: Funny sound drops. Game use cork and nearly criminal hijinks at the newly minted member of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network, The KMP Show. Join me, John Playtech, and my co-host Rich Kreich for multiple episodes every single week. We'll talk sports, real sports. All right, maybe some fake sports too. As well as the hottest issues and takes gripping the sports world, you can check out the show as well as subscribe to the audio boom feed at KMPshow.com. That's K-A-N-D-P-Show.com. The KMP Show at knpshow.com, with takes as hot as smoldering garbage. Where is that the show? Uh, did you want to stay in Japan or did you want? Because I know there is some little Japan topics we have, want to talk about. We can do that maybe at the end. Do you want to go back to America and jump back to Japan? I, what do you want to do? Well, we got you, a bunch. Well, what did you
1: think about the Lionsgate show?
0: Um, I thought it was okay. I, I think I came in with higher expectations than I probably should have. Um, and that's not to say I didn't enjoy it, but there was a lot of stuff that just kind of didn't really connect with me. I think Ishimori Findlay not being great when I thought it was going to be great, kind of hurt me a little bit. Uh, Jyot Ogawa, I really, really enjoyed. Uh, Nakanishi Quiet Storm, you you were correct. It was it was pretty good. <laughs> it was three, I I don't know about three stars, but it was good. It wasn't horrible. Uh, and then Robinson and Nakajima was, of course, really good. But the rest of it, I don't know. I, it didn't really connect with me on that much. And I I, I didn't really like uh, Nagata uh, as I thought as much as I thought I was going to either. So I don't know. I maybe I just came in with a little bit too much of expectations on it. But I, it's not to say I thought it was a bad show, but I just it wasn't sort of the blow away show that I was sort of expecting, and, and that's my fault for expecting that, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I think expecting a blowaway show... Uh,
0: might... Maybe not blow-away is not the right word, but, but I thought it was going to be a very entertaining show, and there was a lot of... I, I, the first half of the show I thought was really bad, and that hurt me a lot.
1: My fear with Finley Ishimori was realized because they just didn't get the time, and it was too early in the show, and that was my fear with that. If you put that match later in the show and they get another three or four minutes, just another three or four minutes... I think that that was that it was it felt like it was on its way to being an excellent match. And then it just it just ended too soon. But yeah, I like the Jay White Ogawa match more than that, than I I like. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah, that was my favorite match of the entire night. I think
1: Ogawa was tremendous in that match. Ogawa worked that match exactly how I wanted him to work that match. He was a fucking (laughs) he was a grumpy prick. Fuck you. Why am I doing this shit? Yes. He had this attitude. Who the fuck are you? Why am I on this fucking show?
0: And who the fuck are you? And cut
1: your hair. <laughs> this is damn I've wrestled Misawa. <laughs> right. I've wrestled Kabashi. I've been the GHC motherfucking champion.
0: When was, when was Jay White born? He was probably. I, that man has had, like, that man under his belt had, like, Misawa matches before Jay White was absolutely. Even born. Absolutely. He's Not been, 30 yeah. he's yeah, been
1: wrestling for 20 years. Yeah, let's see. wrestled longer than Jay White's been on the planet. And he's,
0: uh, I just want to find out. 1992. So yeah, Ogawa had some, uh, some traction before 1992. So yeah, I've been. I was main event before you were even fucking born, you little. Piece of shit. Yeah,
1: like. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, he he was working the All Japan Glory days before. So.
0: Right. I was, I was made was that in tag matches before your fucking ass was born. So.
1: Yes, and he and that's exactly how he worked the match. Like a grumpy prick. Who felt like he was above being in air with this fucking lowly young boy, and the best part about it was these dirty little tricks, kicking kicking Jay White's leg out from underneath him, and then he wins it with a figure four. And the best part about that, <laughs> it doesn't let go. He doesn't <laughs> let go.
0: He holds. It's like, it's like a fun little event. It's like a little showcase match and a showcase event. This little fucker's just he's wrenching the figure four, and I'll break your fucking leg. It's like, dude, just chill. Like, yeah. just calm down.
1: Holding it after the bell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just calm down, man.
1: Yeah, so he's just a tremendous wrestler. And then the the other match that needs to be talked about at length, I think... Was the Nakajima Juice Robinson match? Juice.
0: Juice. Okay. Steps up, finally. A,
1: a theme of this show of, of this podcast has been the best match of Blank's blank career, right? Well, yeah. this was easily the best Juice Robinson match, probably of his life, easily of his Japan runs, as we've seen his entire Japan run.
0: Oh God. Oh God. So far away his best match
1: Japan. Right in front of our <laughs> eyes. I mean, yeah. I don't know if he's got some random indie match somewhere that might have been better than this, but I doubt it. Because this was an excellent match. And I thought Nakajima really came off like a star the night before he beat Minoru Suzuki and what also was an excellent match. And then we watched him out of order though because the Noah show didn't pop up until a couple days later. And then I think the fans in Shinjuku Face really treated him like a star when he came out for this match. And this was an excellent match. And I thought Juice Robinson was every bit as good as Nakajima here, if not a little bit better. I mean, Juice Robinson was excellent in this match. This was not a Nakajima carry job by by any stretch of the imagination. Juice Robinson held his own in this match.
0: Uh, and uh, the connection he made to the crowd too was pretty fun uh, as well they 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 were into him and that that's something that he had a lot of problems with when he first came here. We know he was he would do his little dancing stuff, and then like two people would be like eh, yeah okay like and that's that's just you know familiarity with him, but he's he's built it up a little bit he's built up some equity, and people are starting to get into him and starting to kind of like his little nuances and little quirks and all that sort of stuff so that's good and and it's obvious that he's gaining confidence from that too because I'm sure when you go and do your stuff and two people kind of politely clap you're like ah shit you just sort of you know, bob your head and sort of, okay, all right, well, whatever. Whereas now the fans are getting up for him. And, and it's obvious in his, his, his work as well. It's been showing that he's got a lot more confidence now. Yeah, so
1: I think that, um, you know, they, the fans were great on this show because they treated all of these young guys well. Even in the opener with Hanjo's debut, they were chanting, Hanjo, Hanjo. So they were really, they understood the concept of the show. They were behind all of the young guys. And I think that, that helped a lot of I them. And you were right. Some of the early matches weren't anything special. But these are all – there's a lot of young kids working these shows. You can't yeah, expect there's, that.
0: There's, there's 17 and 18-year-olds working here. There,
1: so. there is an 18-year-old working this show, and there's some people that work this show who have under five ma- – who had under five matches in their life coming into this thing, um, including an exhibition match, which opened up the show with, with Nagata as the referee. <laughs> so I wasn't, they, I wasn't expecting them to show us that, but that was our first look at Oka, who everyone thinks – You know, is is going to be a surefire superstar? Way too early to judge anything that happened here. I mean, they just went out there in amateur wrestling singlets and did some, you know, uh, and and shot on each other and did some not shot on each other. What I mean by that is like they did,
0: <laughs> <laughs> they rolled they did some rolling. Yes, it, was some wasn't shoot, yes. it wasn't a
1: shoot fight. <laughs> they literally shot on each other like as a, people know what I'm about. So um,
0: the got to slap some and just gets them upset
1: and go fight. <laughs> no, no, they were shooting and sprawling is what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah, right. So I, I think people kind of got it. but but yeah. So you know, there's a lot of young and ex- <laughs> <laughs> I like
0: I like the idea of Oka just going out there bare physics, just fucking this guy up.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. It actually, might have been very interesting if that was the game. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. So. Well, Hanjo's debut. Look, he looked like a guy making a debut, right? I mean, against yep. against uh, Taniguchi, that's no easy task making your debut against no. Taniguchi. But I thought Taniguchi played it right too. You know, he kind of didn't sell too much for him. I think Hanjo got off that one lariat, and that was it. But the fans were behind him. He looked very awkward with his footing and everything. But look, that's what these shows are going to be. You're going to see rookies. You're going to see really young guys who are underdeveloped. And I'm going to be into these things. You know, even if they're not great shows. um, And this one I thought was a good show. I liked it a little bit better than you. So I thought there was a lot to sink your teeth into later in the show. And I just like watching young wrestlers develop. I'm into that. You know, even when there's shitty episodes of NXT with young guys that aren't very good and and girls when it comes to NXT, I, I like watching that stuff. I don't know. I'm into it. But uh, but yeah, I enjoyed the show. I like Nagata sort of in this Triple H role. And um, I think the Juice Robinson-Nakajima match is well worth going out of your way to see. So is the, the Jay White-Ogawa match. I would tell people, if you have New Japan World and you didn't watch this show, those two matches to me are I – would, I would go as far as to say those are must-watch matches. Would you, would you go that far?
0: Uh, oh yeah, yeah. No, you gotta go out of your way to watch those. I mean, they're they're super easy to watch, super quick. Uh, yeah, you'd be silly not to watch it. If you have New Japan World, what are you doing? I mean, of course, if you have yeah, New definitely Japan go watch World, those. you're yeah. gonna
1: be the type of person who would really dig those two matches.
0: Right. I mean, it's twenty minutes of your life. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and both those are very compact. You know, uh, yeah, you can easily get through it. Yeah. Why? Why not?
1: Yeah, and I mean, I I thought the I you like the Jay White Ogawa best. I like the not. Nakajima Robinson, I thought that was like a three and a half star match. I thought it was a really good match, but uh, but yeah, and I th- you know, and watch the Hanjo debut too. It's a debut. Get in on the ground floor, to guy. You know, you might as well. But uh, but yeah. So anyway, um, this podcast has been an absolute disaster. I'm, I'm sure that most of the people listening, uh, savvy listeners, have heard some awful jump cuts and some changes in sound quality. Rich, I think we've had some disasters before. This might be the worst recording experience we've ever had.
0: Yeah, this is what we're, we're close to, I think, seven disconnects is what I've counted right now, looking at my files uh, of just, yeah. So we're, we're, we're going to explore new recording options other than Skype, because Skype is, is dead to me now. Because so, this has just been horrendous. I check my connection. You reset your router. I reset mine. I've done stuff. You've done stuff. I have nothing open. I have no, I mean, it's, and yet, we, we're just oil and water today on Skype. I don't know. We just a disconnect out of nowhere every it's been like literally every half hour too so it's just it, it's yeah it sure me nuts. Even.
1: like every 15 20 minutes it disconnects then we got to get the
0: oh yeah sorry here we go 15 18 30 30 10 okay so yeah so we're we're, we're at, averaging
1: about five, every 15 minutes and we had a couple more topics we were going to do a uh, roadblock but um look we just we can't do it this is we're frustrated it keeps disconnecting so I think we're going to throw in the towel. And you're taking yeah, an abbreviated show here because it's going to take Rich uh, you know, about an hour just to piece this thing together. <laughs> so.
0: well, well, we'll catch it up with you. We have uh, we had some other stuff. We're going to talk Roadblock. We're going to talk Ring of Honor 14th anniversary and then sort of talk about Ring of Honor in general. That's timeless. We can do that anytime. Roadblock uh, probably will not. When, when does Roadblock happen? Oh, we'll be able to preview it next week. So we got Roadblock. We can still preview. So, yeah, sorry about that. I mean, it's just like at this point, it's going to disaster. It just our flows off you know we're picking stuff up we're picking up conversations that we had you know 5 minutes ago and trying to piece it together it's just it's not going to work in the hopefully awful, so. nobody
1: has noticed and this all sounds like we're like bullshit <laughs> because then that means rich has done a tremendous job putting it back together but this has been the most frustrating recording experience i this last disconnect happened and I was like look we got to throw in the towel this is
0: right it's a frankenstein show right now so i, I apologize but uh We'll see what we can do, but yeah, uh, I, I got nothing here, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unfortunately have to <laughs> bid you adieu, and we'll make it up to you guys and if week, you want, promise, And if you so. want to fill
1: in the time, go check out the uh, debut edition of Lanza Unfiltered, which is getting rave reviews uh, from everywhere, so uh, mm-hmm. give that a shot. It's not wrestling, though, be warned, but I think you'll figure that out in the first 15 minutes.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got yours. Uh, I got, if you don't want to want to stay away from wrestling for a little bit, I got the Kane Show. Me and John uh, play tech, talk talking sports. Uh, we got the Pearlcast up uh, right now, or by the time most of you guys listen to this interview with Kevin Kelly. Yes, they got an interview with Kevin Kelly. got got shouted out on the uh, ROH 14th anniversary show as well. So they got those guys. Uh, shake them ropes this week as well. A bunch of other stuff going on. So there's plenty of auto content to make up for our terrible, terrible Skype connections here. So and you see how quickly uh, we're
1: talking because we know it's about to drop. <laughs>
0: like I'm looking. I'm waiting. Because if it drops, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do because I'm not going to record something else so it's just wrap be it up, so rich. weird wrap it up. So I'm up and we're gone and we apologize and we're sorry so don't, don't get mad at us but anyway for joe lanza i'm rich great and we'll see you next time on the voice of wrestling podcast and hopefully it'll be better so bye motorist insurance group and brick street insurance have come together to create a better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders encircling you with coverage at every step in life's journey we are now in cova insurance